For those of us that work in the fields of technology and software, we know that burnout and work-life balance is incredibly huge to our quality of life. Now, my guest today is a tech career specialist who has done it all and has gone through the other side of really figuring out how to balance work with life and to be a little bit more productive and manage everything easier along the way. You're going to love this interview with Raj Supermeyer, who has appeared on TEDx stages, numerous podcasts, and so many different publications. I can't even list them here. And you're going to find out why when you dive into this episode. He is such an amazing speaker, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So let's get to it. If you're seeking a way to escape the cycle of under-earning and overworking, then you're in the right place. Welcome to The Well-Paid Creative, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I share what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro. From attracting quality clients, to earning more profit, to escaping burnout, and creating amazing work you love, we're going to cover it all. Join me as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Hey, welcome back, guys, to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm also incredibly excited to be talking to Raj Supermeyer today. Welcome to the podcast, Raj. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Wonderful. So we are going to be diving into some amazing topics today. Uh, When you first reached out to me, your story in working in the tech fields and um, everything that you've had to deal with um, from burnout to, you know, being productive to all of the things that we all kind of experience as creatives. I'm super excited to hear your take on these. Um, Tell us a little bit more about yourself, Raj. So I am... Again, Raj Rubermeyer, I'm a tech career strategist. So I help people specifically in the tech space to find their dream job and become successful leaders in the industry. I've been in the tech space for over 15 years now. And uh, yeah, and I, for the past three years, I've been doing this and helping people. And that's what I love to do. Apart from that, I'm also a speaker and a writer. So I um, speak at various events. In fact, uh, as we are talking, I'm prepping for my second TEDx talk happening in September, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also a writer. So I published my book, Skyrocket Your Career, last December uh, to help people advance in their personal lives and career uh, as well. Uh, and uh, I also write for a lot of tech publications and uh, magazines as well. So that's kind of uh, what I do. Wonderful. So you've been in tech for gosh, 15 years, that's a long time. What do you feel is um, the biggest differentiator between the tech field and other career fields? So first thing is, when you ask a person, when I say tech, what comes in your mind, then people think fancy gadgets, gadgets, rich life, a lot of money. And that is the basic things, the persona 
people have when it comes to tech space. So people want to get into tech because they think, you know, we can make more money, which is true. Tech has a lot of money. That's true. But the grass is not greener, always greener on the other side, right? And that's what I tell people. So in terms of the mentality, I think tech folks live in their own bubble where it's about, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. It's such a fast-paced environment, especially in Silicon Valley. I think people in Silicon Valley, they live in their own bubble. They think that (laughs) working 14 to 16 hours a day is a normal thing. And that's why I didn't move to Silicon Valley. I still live in Chicago here because I I value my personal life as well. But the point is, they have this different persona about what, what life actually means. They think work is the major part of what life is. And they spend more time at work than with family, at least majority of the tech folks. But when you see non-tech people or people in different other uh, job job in job areas they have a different mentality they do their work but they come back to their family most of the times yes of course then people say no doctors do not come back to their family emergency doctors yes i get it but majority of the people they value work-life balance but i think in the tech space we are losing it because of all the innovations which are happening and all the policies companies are making for example the fang companies uh, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Google, and they what they do is they uh, it's pretty much similar to how you raise a chicken. So what they do is they feed the chicken the best food, they give it the best pastures to graze on because they want the eggs, right? So mm-hmm. they overwork the chicken or the hen, I should say, to get the eggs. Similarly, in Google and Facebook and other big companies, what they do is they have these amazing perks. You have unlimited food, unlimited freedom to do what you do, but you work, end up spending 15 to 16 hours a day at your job place. And that's what they want to do because that means they can get more work out of you or that's what they think. And it's not true. And that's what we're going to talk about more. But I think that's what is the difference between the tech and non-tech space in terms of the work-life balance. I think they have a totally different perception of it. Mm, And I couldn't agree more. And especially that bleeds into when you're doing freelance work in the tech fields and in the creative fields, you do tend to have this concept of, well, I have to work all the time in order to produce, in order to make money, in order to be valuable. So I think that's kind of pervasive in the industry as well. 100%. Actually, that's a good segue into, I think it'd be good to set some context. People maybe think, may have the wrong perception right now that, you know, I I cracked the code of the tech space and I have work-life balance, but it didn't actually start that way. I was one of the folks in the tech space who constantly kept working really hard because where, from my childhood upbringing, Uh, I was constantly, during my childhood, I was constantly being ignored. Um, I was an introverted, shy kid. No one Mm -hmm. thought anything about anything about me in terms of whether I'll be successful or whether I'll be rich or whether he can do this. People always ignored me. And the more I tried to make them take me seriously, the more disappointed I got because I could never live up to people's expectations. And this continued till my second year of my undergrad. And then I had a trigger event, which happened where I came to a realization that I've lived all my life 
based on other people's opinions, but I never gave a, gave a thought to what I actually want to do in life. That's when I said, you know what, screw this. I'm going to carve my own identity. I'm going to strive for greatness. I'm going to take matters in my own hands and then do something about it, right? So with this mindset, when I actually entered the IT industry, I said, I'll never, ever uh, uh, make people ignore me and I'll make sure they take me seriously. I'll make sure I'm going to show people that I'm credible. I'm going to be famous and this is what I'm going to do. So from day one of my IT uh, IT life, I started doing, I started overperforming. I started overworking other people. I put in more effort to do everything. And within like five, six years, I started getting all the promotions and this continued till 2018, mid 2018, where I had all the fame, credibility. I got really famous in the software space. I was all over the tech conference space. I was giving keynotes. I had all the money. I was super rich, right? Because that's what I thought life was about, just like other tech folks right now. And then it happened. I still remember this moment vividly where it was June 2018 and it was past midnight. And I got up from my bed to go to the bathroom. And then I entered the bathroom. And then all of a sudden, things started blacking out around me. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I know, I was laying unconscious on the floor. Apparently, I hit my head on the bathtub and then I was unconscious. And then after my wife noticed that I wasn't back for like 15, 20 minutes. And she said, what the heck is happening? happening so she got got out of bed and then went to the bathroom and saw me lying down butt naked on the floor and I was unconscious and then she put water and then started patting my um, cheeks and stuff and then I was able to regain consciousness but then I said honey I'm not able to move so what she did was she dragged my body and then she laid my back on the wall. And to cut a long story short, I had to go to the ER and um, I was diagnosed with severe severe dehydration, exhaustion, and had suffered severe burnout. Mm. There I am in the ER with all the stuff on my chest and the oxygen mask. And then I was looking at the ceiling and then I started realizing what have I come to right now after all these years? Now, all this money, fame, how does it matter if I'm actually in the ER? And I didn't know whether I would come back from that situation. Then I started realizing what life actually means. I I realized that I was chasing the wrong dream and the, I was chasing the wrong goal. All of, all of my life, I thought fame and money was everything. But then... I realized that actually helping people is what I need to start doing and um, and money will be the byproduct of that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started learning about productivity hacks. And that's when I started doing prioritization. We're going to talk about those things in a bit. But why I sh- shared this story is people need to realize that, yes, you, you may not be perfect, but you don't have to get to the level I went to to realize that your mental health is really important and you need to start prioritizing and managing your work-life balance because there's still time before it gets too late. I was lucky enough to, you know, 
uh, rebound from that whole incident. But a lot of people, you know, they have heart uh, problems and other problems because of overexerting themselves. So that is something you need to think about. And one last thing I want to mention was about 60% of the people suffer burnout in the tech space. 60, 60, based on research. And the kicker is the majority of them do not know that they're suffering burnout. And that's why we are here talking about those things. So you can have a decent work-life balance, but you have to start prioritizing your work. You have to start laying those boundaries. Mm, well, and I can agree more because as someone who has also suffered burnout, not as dramatic as your experience, but avoiding it has become such a huge part of my daily activities. And it wasn't until I got to the point where I could recognize the sim- the symptoms of it and recognize the feeling before it got to that point um, that I actually started to um, see a big difference in my overall quality of life and the quality of my work as well. Because like yep. you mentioned, 60% of people have it and don't realize that they have it. So they're just sitting there going, why is my brain foggy? Why am I tired? How come I can't figure this out? This was easy last week, right? And yeah. they're just trying to figure it out. They're trying to put two and two together and they don't really go to burnout as being the answer to that. So I love having these conversations about people and avoiding burnout in the first place is really should be our top priority as in the tech field and creative. And, and one of the main reasons for that as well is because of the tech environment. We use all these software development methodologies. I'm not going to get too technical, but the point is it involves a lot of multitasking mm-hmm. and people think you can multitask and be successful. No, only 7% of the people in the world can successfully multitask. Only 7, 7% yeah, of the chances people. Chances are we're not in that 7%, right? <laughs> right, right. And, and, and the point is, when what do you think you're doing when you multitask is basically, what is happening when you multitask is basically you're doing some portion of a lot of things, but you don't complete anything. You don't put in your full effort in one particular thing and it, it's not of quality right so you have half baked half 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 as job on multiple things and you don't focus on one thing of quality that's what is actually happening in the tech space and people aren't realizing it but as we are speaking about this topic i think for the past couple of years especially with covid people are realizing the importance of mental health because you're forced mm-hmm. to work from home along with your family, taking care of work and life, and the the boundary has become so blurry. So people are giving different courses and classes for free to preserve their mental health in terms of productivity hacks and uh, mindfulness techniques or meditation. And those kind of strategies can actually really, really help you to get out of this rut. But yeah, multitasking is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. So you cannot multitask instead do deep work so there's this great book by cal newport which changed my life it's called deep work he talks about doing highly demanding cognitive tasks in time box sessions so say for example for one hour i'll block my time on my google calendar i would say i'm just going to write this article that's it my phone will be on do not disturb and then my Slack will be on Do Not Disturb. I won't do anything else except for that one 
particular thing. Mm-hmm. And that's how you become highly productive and become less stressed because our life is currently like a Netflix movie. What happens when you go to watch a Netflix movie? Let me tell you what happens. You'll see different movie recommendations. You'll say, oh man, what about this? What about that? You spend 45 minutes surfing through the different movies you want. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, after an hour, you pick a movie. By that time, you already your mental capacity is already half done, half gone. Then you see half of the movie and then you get so tired. You'll say, you'll say you know what? Let me come back to the movie. And you don't enjoy the whole experience. And our life is currently like that. You have so many different options, so many shiny things, shiny objects. You don't have focus. But deep work helps to give you focus. To take the Netflix analogy, how will it be that you pre-plan what movie you're going to watch on Netflix, you go there, turn on Netflix and just watch the movie, enjoy the movie for the first, enjoy the movie in the first hour and a half with popcorn and then you you make the time even more productive. That's the exact same thing with uh, doing deep work where you focus on one thing, pre-plan and then you provide produce high quality stuff. And just by following this deep work strategy in the past three years, in I've, I've accomplished 90% of my goals. For example, last year, just last year, I was taking care of my now 22 month old son full-time for six months while writing a book and publishing it, while doing two group coaching classes, while taking in 22 one-on-one clients by speaking at 25 conferences, doing seven keynotes, then doing 50 podcast interviews and much more. But the point is, how am I able to do all of this without burning out? That is because I treat my time as my baby. Mm-hmm. No one can schedule stuff over the blocks of time, which I've already blocked, right? So you need to be so anal about how you manage your time. And that's that's the first thing you need to start doing if you want to make a change. We're going to get right back to the conversation because it is so good. But I want to tell you about a free quiz at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz that's going to help you discover the unique hidden key to higher profit and awe-inspiring growth in your creative business. Now, there are so many keys to growth in a business, but they don't all fit the lock of your business right now. That's why I developed the Profit Finder quiz, and it's going to show you exactly what you need to be focusing on to reach the next level. Now, making a decent living from the work you love doesn't have to be hard. And when you answer these profit finding questions for yourself, you're going to make it so much easier. Go take the Profit Finder quiz today. You can find it at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz and get your unique key plus in-depth strategies designed to help you see growth fast. Now, again, that's at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz. All right, let's get back to the episode. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And you know, we, we have this kind of concept of being productive and we feel like being productive is just being able to do more, but really sometimes being productive means doing better. Right. So yes. I love this idea of time blocking and I absolutely love that book by Cal Newport. It completely opened my eyes as well when yep. I first read it. So everybody go grab a copy of that book if you haven't already, and <laughs> we're going to link it in the show notes as well. But the idea of guarding that time and being able to just sit there and focus a hundred percent. Like you mentioned, nobody can really multitask. So that's really the 
biggest, that's kind of like the granddaddy of productivity tips right there. 100%. And, and another couple of strategy which I follow, which may be helpful to your viewers or listeners would be, I do what is called a daily task planning and a weekly task planning. So what is that? Mm-hmm. Every morning when I wake up, I first do a mind dump of all the things I'm thinking about. I want to accomplish the way I'm feeling. Some people call it journaling. You can coin whatever words you can associate whatever words you want with that. But I just take a paper and pen and bullet points, just write down different things I want to accomplish. And I call it the to-do list. Okay. That's what I call it. So, and once I flush out everything from my mind, I feel much more freer and calmer in the morning. But before I do the mind dump exercise, I do meditation. I've been doing that for over four years now. And then I put a number between one to 10 for each of the items which are listed. I, based on the priority of and the deadlines, I put them as one to 10, number them. And my whole motto in life is to finish the top three things for the day. That's it. Whatever is marked as one, two, and three. And then I put time blocks on my calendar. When I say time blocks, they are one hour time frame blocked on my Google calendar with the title of the task because I don't want to I don't want to sit and then think about what I want to do, like the Netflix mm-hmm. movie analogy. Instead, I already know that I'm going to write for an hour in the morning between 9 to 10 because it's on my calendar. So I put these three time blocks and then make sure I just focus on one that one particular thing and I don't do anything else. And then in the evening, before I close my laptop, usually around five, I go through and see what I've accomplished. If I haven't accomplished something, it gets carried over to the next day's to-do list. So it's a uh, iterative process. So that goes throughout the week. That happens throughout the week. And then during the weekends, I just spend 15 minutes. That's it. Looking to see what is upcoming in the next couple of weeks. Are there any important meetings which I have to prepare for? If so, then I start putting time blocks already for the next couple of weeks. Say on Monday, I'll put one time block. On Wednesday, I'll put another time block, say, for prepare for a podcast or a TV interview so that I proactively approach things instead of of being reactive to it. I think that's the problem. Taking a more proactive approach helps to give you some mental calmness and peace rather than reacting to things. We live in this world Instagram world where everything is like reaction, reaction, but let's be more proactive. So then I do the 15 minute during the weekend, usually on a Sunday, I plan, I put start putting time blocks for the next couple of weeks because in my line of work, I'm doing a lot of things in parallel. So I really need to go two weeks in advance, but a lot of people can just look at the next week and start putting time blocks. And this simple strategy has really, really helped me to produce at a really, really high level. I have so many things which I'm doing in parallel, but technically I'm not multitasking. When I say parallel, I put time blocks for each and everything to focus on. And so if you call that as multitasking, then so be it. But the point is that is strategic multitasking instead of just doing everything all at once. And based on research, it takes 23 minutes and 15 seconds to regain attention after you get distracted based Mm -hmm. on research. And that's where we are at right now. So once we start realizing these things and then following some of these productivity approaches, you'll see that your life significantly starts changing. 
Another thing people can do is there's an app called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. So this is a challenge I'm going to give your listeners and viewers. Download the Toggle app. It's free. And track your time for two weeks, Mm. where your time is going. Just toggle is like a stopwatch kind of thing, okay? And then you can categorize stuff as reading, playing, eating, right? And then after two weeks, see where your time is going. If it's not, if you're not spending your majority of the time on the critical things which you need to do, then that tells you something, then you need to start restructuring your life. So you toggle after for, for two weeks, analyze where your time is going, and then start doing deep work, and then start doing the daily and the weekly task planning. Trust me on this. Mm-hmm. It's not only me. Millions of other people have used as entrepreneurs and uh, you know people who are performing at a high level. This is how you start the transformation and this is how you can change your life so those are some things i would highly recommend for your viewers as well oh i love that and such fantastically practical advice i mean really the the part of where you were talking about being more proactive instead of being reactive and that's something that i feel like a lot of us struggle with especially if we're running our own business and we're dealing with clients we're trying to do our marketing we're in this world that is constantly trying to get our attention away from what we feel like we need to be doing. So when you set up these systems, you really do carve back that time for yourself and for your business so that you can say, I'm working on this, this is where my focus is, and everything else can wait until I'm done. So I just really love the intent behind that. Exactly. And you just make it clear to people you work with as well. You can say if you're a manager in a manager role, let let your team know that you're not available during these hours. Just block it. That's it. That You're setting that boundary. Okay, I am going to work. And talking about boundaries, since we were talking about work-life balance, see, when you talk about productivity hacks, you just opened a whole Pandora box of things which I can talk <laughs> about. But quickly, a couple of things which are going to be really useful for people would be you have to start setting boundaries. So we live in this age of Slack and iMessages and everyone is working from home. So the boundary between work and life is really blurry right now. People expect you to be online 24-7. No, you still work during work hours. So what are you going to do is clearly communicate when you're available for work. Mm-hmm. You say from 8 to 5, I'll be online. After that, I won't be online. If there's something urgent, and you have to classify what urgent means. Yeah. You can email what urgent means. Define that in a bullet point. And, and I did this even before the COVID era because I was managing distributed teams across the world. So I had to come up with, the, with these structures. But now with COVID, you can, the same principles apply as well. So I clearly would tell them what, what classifies as urgent. And then that's when they contact me. And then I clearly tell them these are my work hours. And then communicate that not only to your employees, to your coworkers, also communicate that with your significant other, with your family, saying, hey, these are the hours I'm going to work. These are the hours are going to be my family time. My wife and I have my wife and I have a shared Google calendar. So I know when she works and I, she knows when I work. And then from 4.30 p.m. till 8 p.m., no one in, the, in this world can get hold of me except if it's urgent because that is, I've carved, we have carved out time to have family time with our kid. No one can actually take that away from us because we guard that 
just like our second baby. We don't have a second baby, but I'm just saying that <laughs> you now you have to be really, really particular and about your time. So th- that is something you could do. Clear time frames, communicate that with your uh, co-workers and with your family so that both of them are aware of what to expect from you and then stick to the timeline. First, it's going to be hard, but slowly as and when you start doing it, then people start understanding. For example, if they don't get a reply after 5 p.m., the first thing they would say, hey, I'm not getting a reply. I'm not getting a reply. They may reply three to, they may try to contact you three to four times the first day. Then the next day you reply in the morning. Then the next time, again, they contact you after 5 p.m., but they'll start only pinging you once because they knew last time you didn't reply. Then you don't reply at all. The next day in the morning, again, you then reply to the message. And finally, they know, okay, after 5 p.m., this guy or this girl is not available. So let's just stick with the 8 to 5 time frame. So that is how you start setting boundaries. And one more common misconception people have is, they want to do time management. This is the truth, folks. You cannot manage time. Time moves on no matter what. Time keeps ticking no matter what you do. The only thing you can be control of is self-management. What you can do with yourself within the given time frame. So let's start, start talking about self-management, but not time management because you cannot manage time. Time moves on no matter what but you can manage what you do within a given time frame. So that is something you want to think about. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what would be your favorite piece of advice that you could give? Someone's listened to this podcast episode and they say, okay, I have to start doing this in my business, in my life. What's kind of the first action step that they can take moving forward? First action step would be, as I said, uh, use toggle app and figure out where your time is going. That's really, really important because what you think is not usually what you see. For example, when I started using the toggle app to see where my time was going, I was surprised where I was spending this amount of time in something which does not give me money or does not give me joy, right? So I had to restructure that. So first step is start tracking your time. That is first step, use toggle. Second step is analyze where you're spending your time and think about whether that is how you want to spend your time. If not, how are you going to restructure the time? So for example, if you're spending, say, I don't know, 50 hours a week or 80 hours a week on work and you're working even during the weekends but not spending time with family, how are you going to change that? That's where the third thing comes comes into picture, which is first toggle, then analyze, and then take action. That's the third thing where you're going to start setting boundaries, where you're going to put time blocks, you're going to communicate with your coworkers when you're going to work, what are what are the your boundaries, when you're going to be available, Having start having that communication. I think, and, and then the fourth thing is then start doing your week daily and the weekly planning, and mm-hmm. then you can start slowly getting your life under control. I think with those, those four strategies, you can start, you know, making a change. Oh, I love that. Well, this has been just an absolutely fantastic conversation, Raj. Where can people find you online? So there are two ways to uh, get hang of me. First thing is you can check out my website, which is rajsubra.com, R-A-J-S-U-B-R-A.com. There you'll find all the information about how I help people. And I love to connect with people. So yeah, just hit me up. 
uh, through the website or on LinkedIn because I pretty much live on LinkedIn. So if you just message me, <laughs> I will message you back as well. That is one place. Second thing is um, you could also visit skyrocketyourcareerbook.com. That's where you'll find more information about me. And also you'll find information about my book. Um, the whole the name of the book is called Skyrocket Your Career. And the subtitle is The No Bullshit Approach to Find Your Dream Job, Be Successful in It, and Transform into a Rockstar. But the point is, if you go to that website, you can download the first chapter for free so that you can figure out whether you want to buy the book. But apart from that, you have some useful resources and you will have a contact page there where you can connect with me as well. So those are the two ways you could reach out to me. Perfect. All right. And we're going to link those up in the show notes for everybody as well. So this is the last question. And I love hearing people's responses. Do you have a hobby or creative activity that you do on the side that's just for you? 100%. So I, I'm a huge beer connoisseur. Uh, at one point, I had 150 different types of beers in my basement. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> I'm a beer collector. So what I do is I speak at a lot of international conferences. And when I go there, what I do is I buy buy canned beer and then I wrap it in a towel and then I check it in with my baggage <laughs> so that it arrives here in Chicago. And then I put them in my basement and then I love tasting beer, appreciating the taste, how it was made. Uh, that's kind of my main hobby, right? Uh, and um, yeah, so that's what I do. I, and then people, next question they're going to ask me is, uh, do you brew your, brew your own beer? I haven't done that yet, but <laughs> soon I would. But for now, yeah, I've been just enjoying and collecting beer. That's what I do. And now it's summer, as you can see, the sun on my face. Uh, so, yeah, I've been going through my stash and also working out so to neutralize the effect. So that's pretty much <laughs> what I do right now. I oh, love that. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Roz. This has been just a fantastic conversation. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. And I also wanted to acknowledge you for showing up every day, giving value to your viewers and bringing in people like me. And I think uh, that's not an easy task. I know it. Uh, although I'm just a podcast guest, I, I have a lot of podcast hosts who are friends. I know the amount of work it takes to actually do this. And and you do, and a lot of people do this just as this, you know, a side thing, but that's not their main job, but you still have to dedicate a lot of time, just like your main job to have a successful podcast. So I want to acknowledge you that, acknowledge you for that. And thanks for showing up every day and then give and impacting people in the community. So just want to let you, let you know. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. This podcast is sponsored by 12 Strong, a full-service marketing automations agency. You can learn more at 12strong.com. Theme music is by Silverhoof, and our guests are not paid for their time and energy, so please do give them any support that you can. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, Visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and so much more. Join me next week for another episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful for a review or a share with someone you think would benefit. Now let's hear some more of that amazing theme song.